then threw off the charred material that had concealed the corpse. He leaned over to begin an attempt at mouth-to-mouth resuscitation, but his back bucked and broke sideways as he braced himself against one of the massive columns and retched. I stepped forward to see what ended the fireman's effort so abruptly, and a wave of nausea swept over me, too. The body of the young woman had no head. Chapter Two Don't you think the guys should move her inside? I asked. The fire had been out for almost an hour, and everyone on duty was growing restless. Mike Chapman didn't look up at me when he answered, She can't feel the cold quite like you do, Coop. My gloved hands were deep in the pockets of my ski jacket. I'm not talking about the weather. I'm talking about the size of the crowd we're attracting. Breaking into a church is against my religion. Besides, the Austin investigators have to check her out before we can take down the scene. I glanced at the pathologist who'd been dispatched from the medical examiner's office. He was standing against another of the six columns at the far end of the portico, talking on his cell phone. The M.E.'s word isn't enough? Not when the perp was playing with matches. Gotta make nice with the fire department. Mike said, standing to turn and look down the steps at the growing number of passers-by pressed against the wrought iron fence. What do you want us to do, Chapman? asked one of the four uniformed cops guarding the gated sidewalk entrance. It always seemed harder to get things done on the midnight shift. Mike didn't answer. He scanned the crowd of faces, all African-American, mostly young adult men with a handful of women among them. It's two o'clock in the morning. You mooks got nothing better to do with your time. Come back on Sunday for the full service. Be sure to bring something to throw into the plate. I know you. You a DT, one tall kid yelled out, using the uptown street name for detectives. I seen you lock up dudes in Taft houses last year. After that pimp got whacked. Who did? Mike waved him off and speed-dialed the veteran lieutenant in charge of the homicide squad, Ray Peterson. How about that backup you promised, Lou? Northeast corner of 114th Street and Powell Boulevard. This stretch of 7th Avenue that spiked into Harlem, north of Central Park, had been renamed Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard in honor of the pastor-turned-politician, the first black congressman from New York. What did he say? I asked Mike as he flipped his phone shut. Should be lights and sirens any minute now. Who's the shawty, man? The kid with the big voice was pushing through the crowd, referring to me, despite my five-foot, ten-inch frame, with another street term used by many teens in Harlem to tag their women. When that question failed to get Mike's attention, a string of curse words followed. Yo, keep it sweet. This is sacred ground, don't you know that? Mike pointed over our heads to the large white wooden sign that appeared to have been added to the limestone facade of the old building more recently. I knew it said Mount Nebo Baptist Church, though I wasn't sure how visible the lettering was in the early morning darkness. And the shorty is my sister, so keep it sweet. I suppressed a smile at Mike's form of crowd control. It was less controversial to claim me as kin than announce to the agitated onlookers that I was the prosecutor in charge of the sex crimes unit in the Manhattan District Attorney's Office. 
Chapman, the uniformed cop shouted again. I asked if you got a plan. I could see the revolving red lights as a fleet of squad cars approached from both directions on the boulevard. Here comes your mob management guys, Mike said. They'll help you clear the sidewalk. An unmarked car moved through the vehicular snarl with urgent repeats from its screaming whelper. When it braked to a stop across from the church, I could see Mercer Wallace, one of the city's only African-American detectives to make first grade, his six-foot-four inches towering over the noisy kids. Officers began to push back against the curious crowd as one of the sergeants from the local precinct came through the gates and up the steps, followed by Mercer. Counselor, Sergeant Grayson nodded at me as he shook Mike's hand. What's going on here, Chapman? Why'd you pull Alexandra out of bed in the middle of the night? She got something better to do I don't know about.